Business Podcast. Welcome back, Jordan. Hey, how you doing? It is July 12th, 2021, and we're in the midst of what they're telling us is the worst drought in the history of all droughts, in the history of all worlds. And if your lawn is green, you're an evil person. I, uh, <laughs> you know, we were uh, talking right before the podcast, just briefly, for your list, for the sake of the listeners, just know that we're going by the seat of our pants again. Once again, it will be by the seat of our pants, unscripted, the pure Bobby and Jordan show. Uh, so don't worry. But we did have a quick conversation just just to catch up. We haven't talked to each other all week. We've been out of town. And you made the point that, you know, the last year and a half has been the unmasking. We now mm-hmm. know who everybody is. Yeah. I mentioned the scene from Jack Reacher one time, I think, where he uh, he's about to fight the four thugs that have set him up in the first in the first movie. Am I am I not Turn talking loud enough? Straight, so it's pointing right into your mouth. There Dang you go. it! I always have technical difficulties that relate good. more to physical difficulties than technical <laughs> difficulties. How's that? That's better. Okay, if I just these mics, you kind of have to keep my face on the microphone. Right, yep, you do. I might have to go back to the old one. It was just less convenient. Anyway, you guys remember the the scene from Jack Reacher when uh, he's in the diner and the girl's trying to set him up so that her boyfriend can beat him up because they're trying to get him out of town. They don't want him investigating. And and he's not having any of it. He's not willing to play along or, or act interested in her. And so she's really upset. And she she calls her boyfriend over and and uh, they ask him if he w- they want to fight inside the bar or outside. And he... Um, Says, okay, okay. He just like shrugs. Okay, let's take this outside. And then before they get started, he tells them what's going to happen. He says, okay, here's what's going to happen. First, you know, (laughs) one of you is going to come after me and I'm going to maim him. And then two of you are going to come back and then the other two are going to run away. And and, uh, so... I'm warning you, we don't have to do this, right? I'm, I'm just roughly paraphrasing it. Anyway, so then the guy goes to try to punch him. He breaks his arm or something. And then there's this moment of pause where he looks at everybody and he says, okay, now we know who everybody is. Right. <laughs> and that's what you're saying about the whole last year. It's sort of unmasked the oligarchy and the different players. We now know who everybody is. We know who's who, who's going to say what. And so you were talking about being in the drought, and I'm going, do we believe anything coming off of the... We can't believe anything. Right. We have to run our own... We we have to read the Farmer's Almanac. We have to go back and look at the stats. We have to recalculate everything. You cannot believe a single thing coming from the corporate media. You have to fact check everything, and you've got to have a good long memory. I was out hiking this week, and uh, ran into a guy at the top of a mountain pass. And he was talking about, we were talking about where we were from. And I mentioned Salt Lake. Oh, it's really hot down there. I'm like, well, it's always hot down there. We have 100 degree Julys and Junes all the time. Uh, what? So you don't believe in climate change? I said, well, there's a massive fireball in the sky about eight light seconds away that causes the climate to change on the earth. 
Anyway, that conversation didn't end well after some ranting about coronavirus and statistical analysis and stuff like that <laughs> that I've done. Uh, I just launched into it. Didn't even think about where the guy was coming from. I think I offended him. But uh, well, you maybe gave him something to think about. I don't know. He kind of stood up and huffed off. Long walk. Uh, maybe, maybe, but he kind of huffed off. <sighs> but it's true. We have hot summers in Salt Lake in the Wasatch Front every year. What does it mean? Record drought, record heat wave. That I, means I don't know. If you have a global, if you have a globally connected, uh, interconnected telecommunications, you know, we, we we are so connected with our communications right now, we can find record temperatures anywhere in the world, anytime you want. You, you mentioned long memory. You don't even have to have a long memory to remember that two years ago we had a record wet spring. It was the second wettest spring on on record. So what I'm trying to say is that we can find records everywhere. Right. And and we what what sells right now is extremism and climate alarmism and it's like the if you're Mormon and of course, you know, we think a lot of our listeners are probably Mormon. We hope you'll read the Book of Mormon if you're if you haven't. It's kind of an interesting prepetition of <laughs> the modern era here as far as how governments work. But uh, there's an episode uh, in Alma chapter 8 through 15 or 16, I think. I would call it the Ammonihah episode. And it kind of goes through this explanation of how their lawyers got paid based on the conflicts that created. So they would run around creating conflicts. Well, that's what our modern media does and our government. That's how the, they get paid and how they get control is by conflict. So they run around creating conflict. Well, they create, they create problems and then... We're Ammonihah. And then present solutions to us to the problems... Which cost us money. And, well, of course, we pay for it all. Of, we yeah, pay we pay through the it. nose for everything. But that's us. We're Ammonihah, aren't we? Right. I will give you six aunties to deny the Christ. I need Bobby. at least eight. Eight, eight <laughs> aunties, and that'll do it. <laughs> oh, boy. Did you ever calculate that out? That was like this a year and a half salary for a judge, I think. Six aunties was? Six aunties, or, or a year and a, f- a few months, or something like that. So it was a good amount of money. Like, what does a judge make? A quarter of a million dollars a year? Nowadays, like a... Like a federal judge federal, or something? Federal judge, pro- I would say at least that. I mean, uh, our, our state epidemiologist was I will give you one quarter... A third of, of a million. million. One quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. To deny the Fauci. People are doing it for a lot less. People, people you know, that's one thing that, that we've kind of watched over the last... I would say, well... And everybody can look back in their lives and say we've deteriorated as a culture. I think we've deteriorated rather quickly over the last two decades when it comes to just normal kind of accepted morals and, you know, well, memory. Well, yeah, but community behaviors, things that were that we that were sort of kept in the shadows. Yeah. And, and and, And people are saying that's progress. That's progress. I'm not sure that waving our deficiencies around as 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 badges of honor and courage is progress. You know, I made a joke the other day. I said, "Are people putting immunocompromised on their resumes yet?" Because that's sort of become a badge of honor. Like, I have a weak immune system. I'm courageous. It's like, what? No, they're putting that on their resumes. Well, I wondered that. That was the joke because <laughs> okay. there are people virtue signaling. There are people out there saying things like, you know, I'm immunocompromised, and so therefore you have to change your behavior yeah, to what? accommodate my immunocompromised state. 
Yeah. What What was interesting uh, this week? I ended up talking to some friends who'd listened to the podcast uh, with their younger son. Well, not younger. That's my age, compromised son. voice, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they had listened to the podcast where I interviewed uh, a young college student, Tom, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. while you were gone. Mm-hmm. And he had mentioned dating and having these girls dump on them all of their victimizations. Right. And it was like the date's over. And so it was funny right. because this, these friends were like, yeah, our son was listening. And he's like, oh, my gosh, that's what's like, uh, what is happening to where are the where are the real people? That's what I like. All the real people out there calling all the real people. We need to band together. Right. Band together at mindvirus.show on the web. Start commenting. You know, talk amongst yourselves. Like, comment, <laughs> subscribe, whatever. Uh, we need to we need to gather together because like where where are the children that our children well, are going to marry s- self, and not be like stuck right self sufficiency compromised self sufficiency physical health mental health all of those things are being painted to be a bad thing if oh you're physically healthy your toxic masculinity is taking over what was the short story did we mention the short story about the ballet the ballet dancers what was the name of that uh burt harrison bergeron bergeron i think i think we i think if we didn't mention it on one of the shows we talked about it off the air is this air but it's yeah, a great we're, short we're story. Air. It was uh, called Delayed Air. Is, isn't it uh, Kurt Vonnegut Jr.? Kurt Vonnegut Jr., Harrison Bergeron. I guess I got that right. Uh, I, if we haven't mentioned again, we're mentioning it again. If we haven't mentioned it yet, we're mentioning it again today, and it's well worth reading. It is quite alarming to well, read, the, to read the, this short story the summary about the is, future. The summary is that it's this world where nobody's allowed to excel at anything. Everyone has physically been... Uh, mechanically hampered to only be able to perform to the lowest common denominator. Right. And so they show some dancers on TV and they're terrible, but of course nobody yeah. knows they're terrible. Yeah, if they're if you're physically fit, then you're weighed down with weights. If you're intelligent, you have uh, constant chimes going off in your head to keep you from having a coherent right. thought. It's, it's a great story. And so the people are just dumbed down and numb to anything good anything excellent anything beautiful it doesn't take very long to read you guys should all read this and no this at this current time in our lives we aren't being physically weighed down with weights we are asked to wear masks which do hamper physical activity but we're certainly being bombarded with noise the way that they do in that story noise of uh Alarms, you know, alarms remember, from the media telling us captivity starts in the mind too. Right. I mean, come on. And I think that when we say that this last year and a half or so has sort of unmasked everyone, ironically, I'm not just talking. I don't think either of us are 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 limiting that to governors and governments and media, but to your very neighbors, your friends and family. And so, in accordance with FBI guidance you need to start reporting your neighbors okay so right see, jordan yeah i'm glad Do I have got, that right yeah i'm glad you got to that because that was one thing we talked about maybe talking about if we thought maybe we'd talk today on the podcast was that the fbi is now kicked into high high gear and of course you could see it coming since january 6th where they have tried to paint half of the country as domestic terrorists uh, the, the if you see something, say something campaigns that of yesteryear, 
we all knew, everybody's been warning that these would morph into a turn-in-your-neighbor Stasi type of a secret police environment that existed in, in Eastern Europe during the, the Cold War. And it's, it, this is a type of thing that has happened in all eras, so it's not just unique to commun- communist Russia, the USSR, whatever. But turning in your family and friends is the most despicable, heinous, treacherous act that a person could perform. Remember that in the ninth ring of hell, in Dante's Inferno, okay, Dante and Virgil find their Satan, larger than life, grizzled and hairy, and encrusted in ice. Okay, that's important. He's encrusted in ice, not fire. But for other reasons that we won't get into on in, in this podcast today. Dante find Virgil or Dante and Virgil find Satan encrusted in ice, larger than life, with bat wings, grizzled and hairy and black, and he has three heads, different colors, and he's chewing on Brutus, Cassius, and Judas, the great traitors of history. Brutus and Cassius drew, betrayed Caesar, and Judas betrayed Jesus Christ. Now, if that's you, call up the FBI and tell them about your family and friends for these little microaggressions or potential thought crimes or things that might make them be appear to be anti-government, like the Cubans who are declaring freedom in the streets. Of, Family uh, members and peers are often best positioned to witness signs of mobilization to violence, help prevent homegrown violent extremism, Visit this website to learn how to spot suspicious behaviors and report them to the hashtag FBI. That's the official FBI tweet. They hashtag What's themselves. a violent behavior? <laughs> What's mobilization to violence? Is a microaggression like mob- like if you are because you know they say this as if there is this rash of homegrown violence happening. The only Homegrown violence that I see in the news reported, take it for what it's worth, comes from the left, comes from Antifa. Comes that, that would be considered li- literal violence, and, and uh, it was given a free pass last year. It's given a free pass now. It's well, still let, happening in, it's still happening in right, cities happening across in the country. It's certain cities, isn't it? Well, let me make a, a prediction that I hope doesn't pan out, but we saw a manufactured crisis last year with coronavirus. The way that they were able to get those numbers so high was create perverse incentives, right? Perverse incentives for taking tests, perverse incentives uh, for promoting the idea that you should take a test, perverse incentives for shutting down and getting money from the government and behaving in a certain way, right? That's how COVID was a a manufactured crisis. Underlying those perverse incentives was a constant fear campaign right they basically took the common cold which is what was detected by the pcr test and last year's common cold might have been a little bit above average we've talked about this ad nauseum how the statistics have been manipulated how the overall death rates were slightly higher than one might expect but of course when you scare the hell out of everybody scare them to death you're gonna have a lot of people die you know so psychology does matter but we we i think and Bobby would probably agree that that was a manufactured crisis. And when they focus everybody's efforts on it, then what do they find? 
COVID. Oh, we found COVID. Found COVID. Found it under the rug. Found it behind the couch. Look out. COVID's going to get you. So now if they're able to sufficiently inculcate the public mind with fear of the idea, these, this domestic terror thing, which looks to be the thing they're moving on, right. then what are they going to find? They'll find they've been, it. They've been building that case since January 6th. Even, even before then, you know, they, were, they were laying that groundwork. And well, we, this was set up from 9-11 when they decided we'd be at war with terrorism well, instead right. of an actual country well, or people. Well, they've tried this before with homegrown terrorism. They tried it in the Timothy 90s. McVeigh, the right. Oklahoma City Ruby Ridge, bombing, Ruby Ridge, yeah, Waco. some of those backfired. You know, it's interesting because in the 90s, um, so uh, the, the, the trip that I went on, we talked a little bit about last week, I passed literally right by where the Unabomber had his cabin. Now, it's really? not there anymore. This is Wyoming? Uh, Montana. Montana. It's not there anymore. The cabin is actually in the Smithsonian. They, they put the they, cabin they, in they the Smithsonian. They made an example of it. And uh, I thought at least they could put it in his cell where he could live in his little one-room cabin and at least feel like he's at home. But oh, yeah. the Unabomber, his name was... Um, Kaczynski? Ted Kaczynski. And let me say, <laughs> like, because this is the world we live in, let me disclaim his actions, okay? I don't condone sending bombs to anybody. Did he admit to having sent the bombs? Yeah. Okay. But he's an interesting person. It's an interesting case. And of course... Because we're almost to the point where a lot of these criminals, it's, it's like the scene from Monty Python, she's a witch. Right. Right. Oh, well, she's a witch. How do we know she's a witch? She floats, and then pretty soon, or she's... A she weighs more, weighs more than a duck or whatever. They weigh right. her, and bam. They burn her. They burn anyway. her at the stake, and nobody knows whether she was really a witch or not. So, Well, and so... I'm not saying that was Ted Kaczynski. I'm just saying we're really close to that right now. The Ted Kaczynski story is interesting, and there's a pretty good Netflix drama starring... Um, oh, gosh. I can never Ted remember. Ted Danson? No. No, the blonde guy, the blonde, thin actor who's been in lots of stuff. He's in... He plays the doctor in Master and Commander. Oh, yeah. Paul. Bettany. Paul Bettany. He plays. He plays Vision Ted, in Ted, the Avengers. Right. He plays Ted Kaczynski. And, he um, plays the Unabomber? Yeah, he does a good job. Oh, my gosh. But, um, of course, the story goes that there was these sporadic bombs that were mailed to people. Unabomber originally stood for University and Airline bomber because he was targeting people in those industries and he famously said that he would stop sending these bombs if the new york times published his manifesto now this was the 90s and the internet was still you know in its infancy and and the new york times said okay and the washington post also said okay and they published the manifesto and you can go online and read it today and it's not what you think. I'll bet you in our audience, there's nobody who's read the whole thing. You know, Bobby, I haven't read it. Have you read it? I've read it a few times. Okay. Because I, after I watched that show... Is it safe uh, to link to? I mean, if we link to this, are we going to be like sought out by the FBI? Uh, we just, probably already we are. We already are sought out. That's another little quick side note. A quick side note. Listen, you don't need to report your friends and family to the FBI. The FBI already has everything they need to... They, you know, we have the NSA spying on us. We have the CIA spying sure, on us. Sure, yeah. This is just about the destruction of your minds, right? Of your, of your 
you're not you're not doing character. Any, so and the, and I'm bringing this back. I'm bringing, it only hurts uh, the people that are turning the, each other in. So I have read the anyway. I, I kind of got into the the Unabomber a little bit, and the the the, the manifestos. If it, let's say he had just written that and published it on a blog or as a book or something, yeah, people would have read it and gone, "Oh, there's some cool ideas in here." Kind of rambling, kind of long. There's nothing like extreme about it. He's not. It's not the ramblings of a madman. Now I think he's kind of a madman. Partly, I don't know that all of it is his doing. He went to Harvard when he was like 15. Hmm. And he was experimented on psychologically. <coughs> Meaning he was accepted into Harvard at age 15? Yeah. He so was he's like, like a, exceptionally he's like, smart. Yeah, he's a mathematician. Child prodigy. Child prodigy mathematician. Had a kind of weird childhood. Then went to Harvard. Well, what's a 15-year-old going to do at Harvard? He can't socialize with anybody. He can't date anyone. They're going to do academic work. He can't. Or get experimented on by the. And he was. He was basically, you've heard of MK Ultra. He was basically MK Ultra at so, Harvard. Okay. And so he, he didn't have a fair shake to start with. Right. And there's some theories that that screwed him up forever. Well, the manifesto is kind of interesting and it, it is long and thick at times. But um, the basic premise is that technology, and this was written in the early 90s, technology is overtaking our society and and ruining us that's the one sentence summary and it's like hmm. well look at us now you know 30 years later social media has destroyed the public mind thoroughly right. repeatedly rinse repeat but what got him caught was that his brother recognized some of the nuances in the writing and i if i remember right We've all heard the phrase, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Mm -hmm. Well, Ted Kaczynski, that was a little problem for him. And he always insisted that the phrase should be, you can't eat your cake and have it too. Which does make more sense because you can't eat it and enjoy it and yet still have it. And in the manifesto, he, he uses the phrase, you can't eat your cake and have it too. And his brother read that and went... Uh oh, uh -oh. and he called the FBI and tipped them off, and they ended up raiding his little cabin near Lincoln, Montana, and uh, the rest is history. Now, I'm not saying his brother should not have done that. There's where there's the line, right? He, this is someone who was suspected of and did commit violent crimes. So that's I'm not what the like, FBI is after, though, right now. I, I want to turn the clock back. I mean, should Paul Revere's brother have turned him into the British and said, this man is going to uh, gather violent resistance against your, your troops? I don't know. It's a good question. Did Paul Revere have a brother? I don't know. But like, what about, uh, I mean, once the war was on, it was kind of too late, you know, right. but the, and there was definitely a lot of turncoating going on but see, the, in the colonies. The absolutely. Well, and, and there were loyalists yeah. in the colonies. There you wasn't had, like everybody was unanimously Nathan, in favor Nathan of Nathan Hale, you know, I, I regret that I have one life, but one life to give for my country. And he was turned in and uh, executed by the British and got Benedict Arnold. You've got all right. the intrigue, right, of, of any war. 
And I, and I think in any situation, you, you, we're seeing that maybe real time in Cuba, although I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical that any lasting good will come out of what's happening in Cuba. I guess, but there, there, I'm sure that there are cameras and things that are going to identify certain people in these marches. And there will be people who pay the price. Yeah. The Castro regime isn't going to just well, let the it question, go. What's the question for the thinking people out there to consider? I think the question is, you know, when, when does it become moral to work against the regime, against the government of which you're a part? And when is it immoral? When is it appropriate to turn in the Unabomber because he's behaving in a manner inconsistent with a, a good society? And when is it appropriate to let Tiankum go into uh, Amaron's camp and throw this javelin through his heart? You know, right? What's the what's the line in the sand, people out there? I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit here, but has our society crossed that line? You know, you don't want to end up being eternally chewed upon by Satan in the ninth ring of hell because you are. As despicable and and just low as Judas or or Cassius or Brutus. I mean, I think it's a. I think one way we can try to draw that line is d- recognizing and distinguishing the difference between words and deeds. Yeah, but if, at some if, point, if, what, if we, it, does, didn't Jefferson say in the Declaration? Didn't they sign their names to the fact that it was the right and the duty? of people who were not supported in their natural rights to throw off such government and provide new guards for their future security? Is that true yeah. or not? It's it's true. In fact, Governor Cox, uh, we're 25 minutes in and I've mentioned him. He used Governor that Cox. line, he used that line from the declaration to throw his support behind the Cubans right now, which takes no courage to support the Cubans. And then he uses that line, which he himself is is guilty of. Now, he might not think he's Fidel Castro. He probably wishes. But is there a long train of abuses? Look at all, just look at all the things that are taxed. Well, just look at what they did last year. Right. I'm saying even look beyond that. I know. Just I know, to the I know, mundane. I know. I know. They tax our homes. They tax our cars. They tax our income. They tax our transactions. They right. tax our death. Swarms of officers to harass us in need of our substance. They're now, in, they're now invading the public mind. I mean... What's worse than a, than a falsehood on a freeway sign that you see every 10 miles that says, both vaccines and seatbelts save lives? Well, one of those statements is true, and one of those statements is demonstrably false. Like right. empirical, empirical data shows that vaccines don't necessarily save lives. The Industrial Revolution and its consequences have been a disaster for the human race. They have greatly increased the life expectancy of those of us who live in advanced countries, but they have destabilized society, have made life unfulfilling, have subjected human beings to indignities, have led to widespread psychological suffering, and have inflicted severe damage on the natural world. Are you reading Ted Kaczynski? That's the opening sentence, and that's, it goes from really? there. <clears throat> so you can uh, degree, agree or disagree or... At at the very least, it makes for some interesting reading. Um, but the long train of abuses. Let's let's actually, what what can we really do about it? Because you know what, it's going to be really difficult in today's United States 
overthrowing the government. <laughs> I'm yeah. probably now on a watch list, even though this, as I say that, it hasn't even gone out into the internet yet, but I do have my phone next to me. You're probably on a watch list. But listen, but, but for real though, it's it's one thing to like like Spencer Cox did to tweet that out in support of the the Cubans the yeah. Cubans because it's it's he's it's no skin off his back he can just look good. Well, do we do we have a legitimate government? That's one question that half of the country is asking itself right now after the but after the election. But what do we what what do we do though? Because the the steps that were taken to investigate if the election was legitimate all got shut down. What what did what 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 does a people who have had enough actually well, do? You wait three years to vote in a different governor? Exactly. See, that's why I've, I've posited on this program that... Do we call it a program? Are we programming the public mind here? Your I've mind is being this programmed. I've posited on this podcast that uh, it's too late for America, and it's been too late since the money monopoly got control of the country in the last century. To, I think that uh, Kaczynski's... Manifesto is probably interesting. I haven't ever read it, but I think this, these lines are more important that were penned in 1928 by Edward Bernays. And he said, the conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. That's from, those are the opening lines of his book, Propaganda. Right. And so I think, you know, the Industrial Revolution is sort of uh, secondary to the fact that the people who amassed the wealth the earliest realized that they could control the public mind via propaganda and then did so. They did so. And that's the problem is that the minds of the people are controlled. It's not about life, uh, increased lifespan, uh, improvements in technology and industry, it has to do with control. And it's always had to do with control. If you read the esoteric or hermetic texts, I'm talking about like the Book of Enoch, as opposed to just the standard works. There's a great scholar out there, Margaret Barker, a Protestant Methodist, who's written a lot about uh, the older Hebrew religion. And if, if you're not aware of the, some of the deficiencies in the Bible or the Old Testament, you maybe ought to read about it. One of her books is entitled The Older Testament. And Hugh Nibley wrote an entire, well, he didn't write an entire book, but he wrote several essays which became compiled into a book called Enoch the Prophet. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of that book is, was a work that was commissioned by Spencer Kimball that was in the Ensign in the, in the 70s called A Strange Thing in the Land, and it's all about Enoch the Prophet and the Book of Enoch. Uh, these are works that Joseph Smith didn't have access to, but his uh, theology and information that he revealed or restored seems to match it, and that is that, you know, mankind is in a fallen state for certain reasons, and the, 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 the rulers of this world have us trapped here in a way against our will, but definitely against our nature, trying to deceive us into believing we're less than we are, which is that we have the capacity to become nothing less than glorious, fiery gods, beings, you know, through the, through the eons of progression, not necessarily right after you. Right. If you, like, if you think that you're just going to follow the checklist, you know, get all the ordinances and, and pop out into the 
the top level of the celestial kingdom and become a god after this life. That's we had a, che- <laughs> a checklist lesson discussion in church yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> About you know the uh, following the covenant path. No, oh, it was on the TM trademark <laughs> covenant path tm yeah right uh, uh, right well, maybe, you, could, maybe you should just, tell us about that i don't well, know but anyway my point was that the book the book of enoch material the hermetic material describes a, a situation where there has always been an effort to control and manipulate the people here in this world and that right. that, that manipulation is not caused by a god who just wanted to put you into a testing environment. Right. It was caused by a war in the heavens and that evil We're not evil entities caused this. We're not, not hamsters God. in a maze. We're not. With people no. poking at us. No, that's that's not the case. And this this uh this thing that we're caught up in is the epic battle between good and evil. And so the idea of the true narrative being manipulated, changed to to benefit whatever oligarchy exists that is trying attempting to control the people that goes way back well it goes back to plato's cave allegory it goes back to the war in heaven it goes back to the war in heaven but i mean people have been talking about this this is not a new thing this is not something that just evolved when the when uh the wachowski brothers at the time Produced the movie The Matrix in 1990. Right. The Wachowski sisters. Now, if you're not keeping up on, yeah, but they they had something there, but I, I don't think they I don't think they were the uh, originators of that idea. Right. Right. If they were, they somehow lost it because they their I think their minds have been controlled and manipulated. Right. By the Matrix, you know, ironically. Right. So enough. maybe Kaczynski's was also back in Harvard. The, I'm just saying this: that Bernays comments on propaganda are more important. Right. Because that's the problem. Well, this is that's the deal. They always spell out exactly what they want to do. They tell us what they want to do. They they want you to love you want they want you to love Big Brother. They want you to love your captivity. They want you to admit that they are gods, that they deserve to rule you. There's that's a, the whole point. That they want us all to get to the point like Winston's neighbor in nineteen eighty four, a guy named Parsons, if I remember right. And Winston talks about how stupid this guy is he thinks he kind of you know in in winston's inner dialogue he thinks he might be the stupidest person he's ever met and he's a party member he's a party member he's he's he only lives down the hall from winston and this poor idiot his own daughter reports him to the party right for thought crimes or whatever and and he and I and I'm going off memory here, but Parsons basically says, "Yeah, well, that's a good girl." You know, she's she's looking out for the party as he gets hauled off and vaporized, and they want us all to the point where we are happy in our captivity. Uh, Solzhenitsyn talks about the same thing: how friends would report on each other, and family members would report on each other. And he 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 talks about in the beginning of that book, which is the the Gulag Archipelago. Sure. Ar- Archipelago. Archipelago is what Archipelago. I would say. <laughs> he talks about how we, we, he says basically, again, paraphrasing, and I know we've got a listener who, who speaks fluent Russian, so I apologize for my paraphrasing. You are the, gonna, you're the pronunciator. I'm not going to try to pronunciate any Russian, but he, 
he he speculates about how the history could have turned out differently if as a society we would have stopped that like when we when our neighbors down the hall is getting hauled off what would have happened if the whole apartment complex would have come out and physically stopped those police officers from hauling that person off and that was happening all over the country because there was more of them than there were of the police Mm -hmm. they could have they had the physical strength and prowess and to stop it all well but they didn't we have the power to stop a lot of the train of abuses that are hindering us but we're not doing it Either we don't have the courage or too many people are just happily going along with it, kind of in this idea, which is really prevalent here in this state of we're just trying to do the right thing. Oh, they maybe they maybe they went too far by closing all of our businesses down, but we're just trying to save some lives. Better safe than sorry, which is a terrible uh, way to think about it. Or you have people that are happy in their captivity. And I think there's a lot of those people. Well, we have in Utah and in Mormon, Mormondom, we have some problematic doctrine that stems from the Wentworth letter, which became immortalized in the Articles of Faith, or part of it did, where we will often point to Article of Faith 12, which says, we believe in being subject to kings, presidents, rulers, and magistrates in obeying, honoring, and sustaining the law. So sure. the, the law, like, for example, we believe in obeying, honoring, and sustaining the extermination order of the 1840s in Missouri, well, see, right, where or third, late 30s, where Governor Boggs said to kill all Mormons, right? That's the law we... Right. I but, bring that up because I want to draw this this distinction, this co- this cognitive dissonance out into the open. The idea that not all laws are moral. So does does the Article of Faith twelve? Did the Wentworth letter? Did Joseph Smith really, when he said the law, did he mean every law? Like uh, how about uh, Daniel and the lion's den story, where the king passes a law that everybody must pray to his idol, mm-hmm. and Daniel decides he's only going to pray to his god. Well, the Doctrine and Covenants provides some additional commentary. Right. Okay. So you're thinking DNC 134, probably? I think so. 132? I can't remember. Then the phrase there is that basically, and again, we'll have to look it up, but the phrase, it caveats all that kind of stuff with. It's verse 5 of uh, DNC 134. Shall I read it? Yeah. He says, we believe that all men are bound to sustain and uphold the, the respective governments in which they reside while protected in their inherent and inalienable, and in this case they use the word inalienable, not unalienable, but that's the derived from the same source. They're bound to uphold and sus- sustain and uphold the respective governments in which they reside while protected in their inherent and inalienable rights by the laws of such governments and that sedition and rebellion are unbecoming every citizen, thus protected. Right. See, there's a huge caveat. While protected in their inalienable rights, and while thus protected. Well, what happens when you are no longer thus protected? By the way, DNC 134 outlines the inalienable rights. It says, 
Governments were instituted of God for the benefit of man. He holds men accountable for their acts in relation to them, both in the making of laws and administering them for the good and safety of society. God's, God's going to hold all of us accountable for, for our actions in relation to well, our the, fellow men. The spirit, of, the spirit of the American Revolution was not lost on Joseph. His dad, Joseph Smith Sr., was a Green Mountain boy, or his grandpa, right? Right. One of, the, one of his... His dad or his Joseph Smith was born in 1805. Okay, that mm-hmm. the 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 paint the ink was still wet on the on the Constitution and even the Declaration. Right, he says, we believe that no government can exist in peace except such laws are framed and held inviolate as will secure to each individual the free exercise of conscience, the right and control of property. And the protection of life. This is a mimic of or a mirror of the Declaration of Independence. These right. guys knew that that's what made America special. That's that's what gave them the great freedoms that they had. They 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 acknowledged the philosophical truth and righteousness of of that era that that had coalesced in the founding fathers. But it wasn't lost the on pen, the Declaration of Independence. It wasn't lost on Joseph that the the freedom that he had to start a new religion came from the revolution. Yeah. Now look, I've also argued, and I think it's important that we we put ourselves in the context of the time. I've argued that the lack of proximity to tyranny, meaning the fact that the American patriots were on the frontier at the time, gave them the ability to have a free country. That it's right. not just the principles of liberty that they they talked about. That gave them the opportunity to have a free country and a positive um a positive environment where where freedom they could They couldn't have done it in England. Could exist, yeah. But also remember, freedom only exists amongst a moral people. Where there've been plenty of times throughout the history of the United States where Tyranny has existed in small pockets, but never in a in a federal way until the, the war between the states. See, I got it right that time. Good job. The war between the states in the 1860s, <laughs> never in a, in a national or federal way did it really come down upon the people until by force of arms, fully one half of the country was forced back into the Union. So... We just because you have a document, just because you have a piece of paper, does not mean that your rights are held inviolate. Right, it does not mean that people right. are not oppressing each other. We we had those issues in Mormon history on the frontier. You had the Nauvoo City Council voted to break up the Nauvoo Expositor Printing Press. What was that? That's an interesting episode in Mormon history. Right, a lot of people believe that led directly to the death of Joseph Smith. I vote for the idea that it was because he gave the what was commonly known as the King Fallout discourse right. and exposed himself as being incompatible with the Protestant Catholic traditions of the day. Which he 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 exposed himself repeatedly. But that it, it being opposed But the or, expositor but, the expositor named his belief in the plurality of God right. as the number one. It was the very first thing. Polygamy wasn't the first thing it was the plurality of gods that was the first thing they listed as their grievances they held well, that against was Joseph the, Smith. And that was that was revealed to him immediately in the what we call the first vision. Right. And he also in the 
in what they call the the Sermon in the Grove, which was given after the Nauvoo Expositor episode, right before his death, and after the the King Follett, April 7th, 1844 General Conference Address, he talks only about the plurality of gods. He says, I've always believed in the plurality of gods. So I've talked about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He just wasn't a Trinitarian. He's trying to show that, right. that Trinitarianism is, is kooky. But uh, now look, kooky sounds derogatory, but it is a little bit crazy when you consider this idea that the, the Bible and the, the, histor- the uh, historical documents clearly talk about the hosts of heaven, the gods in the heavens, the father, the mother, the son, the Holy Ghost, whatever that right. is. Right. You know, they're, 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 clearly there are multiple personalities. And so monotheism is a later invention of the Deuteronomistic rabbis who, who came out of the post-destruction, post-First Temple uh, Holy Land. Anyway, well, how do so, we get to this point? We're talking, I, well, about, well, we're talking about the philosophy of Joseph Smith. Well, you could ask the question, to get us kind of back on topic, were the people who killed Joseph Smith justified in doing it? Were they justified in using violence to quiet uh, extreme ideas? See, that's a good question every Mormon should be asking themselves right now because Mormonism started as that and has become a hotbed for, for the recruiting for CIA and FBI <laughs> True. people because they're so follow authority and they know a lot of languages. Right. I mean... Right, you're right. We're easily compartmentalized. Just look at... Uh, and and you we, know, f- we, we blindly follow authority and we speak a lot of languages. 2016's presidential so candidate... Evan McMullen, right. who so I think was probably set up to run here in Utah to foil Trump's attempt to win the White House. They right. thought that Evan McMullen could come in as this clean-cut Mormon CIA agent and win the, actually win the state and steal those delegates and ruin Trump's White House bid. Now, McMullen got trounced, and Trump carried Utah easily. right. But he's a good example, and he's out there now since 2016. He has formed a coalition, a, a nonprofit, a think tank with a bunch of Democrats and, and, and entity, non-entity. and no Trumper Republicans and, and, and created this thing where their whole existence was to get rid of Trump. And you know, again, I'm not a super Trump supporter, but I just found it interesting that he, he now spent the next four years along with people like the Lincoln Project and all mm-hmm. these others, you know, and Mitt Romney types trying to get rid of Trump. Well, they did. And now we have Biden. But what's in it? What was in it for these guys? They ended now. They're just swept to the side now. Who, yeah, what are they who now? Who cares about Evan McMullen now? Yeah. Who cares about Mitt Romney now? It's kind of funny that they, I don't know what they were promised, but. Yeah, whatever, whatever their uh, recompense was, they're being chewed on by Satan in the ninth ring of hell. But I mean, what? But but is there a time where I guess that's what we're getting to? Is wh- is there a time when violence is justified? Well, absolutely. Wh- when is it? You better caveat yourself because you might have a SWAT team moving in. Right. It, <laughs> it, it is when we are not protected in our inherent and inalienable rights. To quote from Doctrine and Covenants section five, or section one thirty four, verse five. Excuse me. We believe. 
that we we intend to sustain and uphold governments that protect us in our in, inherent inalienable rights. Sedition and rebellion are unbecoming people that are thus protected. Right. And we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, namely life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that governments are instituted among men to protect those rights. And when you're not protected in those rights, it's your right and your duty to throw off that government and provide new guards for your future security. That's the, either the Declaration of Independence matters or it doesn't. Either, so, the, either that philosophy is true or it's not. Either we were, we were created to live as slaves to evil people who rule over us and live off the fat of our efforts as if we were the batteries in the matrix. Right. Or we're supposed to take back that philo- philosophical territory. I'm talking about the philosophy right now. You have to ask yourself, are you actually p- protected in your unalienable natural rights, God-given rights to life, liberty, and property? Are you actually protected right now? So while we're thinking about that, another housekeeping thing is you don't want to touch. This mic is so sensitive. I'm grabbing the microphone. like I'm just <laughs> trying to strangle the microphone. I know your, your so other upset. microphone, you could hold on to it, and it wouldn't. But now when you touch that, you hear lots of... Which is why I wear the headphones when we record. So I can hear all that stuff. So let's, okay, so let's pretend Bobby. that January 6th was what I the media pr- says it is. It was an insurrection. Were the people there justified in an insert? Was an insurrection justified? Were they protected in their unalienable rights? Had, had the vote been... Ca- that's another thing is is the f- fact that a person votes does that then make them protected the fact that you have a vote well a lot of people think that right they say if you didn't vote you have no right to complain which is absurd of course you have a right to complain sure they say that if you if you vote then you need to accept the outcome of the vo- of the right. vote which i don't think is 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 accurate that's, either. Yeah, that's, that's you know, just a in gotcha. 2008, I think it was right after when Barack Obama won his first term, somebody said something to him and he, he just kind of shrugged and said, We won, you lost. Uh, yeah, and basically, he was just saying, I can do whatever I want now because I won. You know, when, when George W. Bush won re election in that would have been what, 2004? he gave that speech where he says, I now have a political mandate to do whatever I want, basically. And winning an election doesn't give anybody a political mandate or the authority, moral or legal, to do whatever they want. That's the whole point of the American Revolution. That's the whole point of the Declaration, is that you can't just do what you want. You ha- People need to be protected in their unalienable natural rights. And... Uh, what we have, and we've seen that here in Utah, we we have a governor, a retired governor, Governor Herbert, who loved him. He loved him some executive orders. And of course, Obama loved executive orders. Trump loved them. Bush loved them. That's the way that they're getting around these legal protections. They just use executive orders. I think the governor of Illinois, uh, I think his name is Pritzker, something like that. He's 
issued something like 30 consecutive emergency executive orders over the last like two years. And they're illegal because executive emergency executive orders are supposed to be limited to 30 days and they just keep renewing them. That happened here in Utah as well. And finally, I think our legislature said enough and they pulled back those powers of the governor, much to Cox's chagrin. He was unhappy about that. And look, if somebody's unhappy about their own supposed power being pulled back, political power, that tells you a lot about that person. So, well, the, the point is, what's, what's the proper role of government? What, what's the, uh, what is a government supposed to do? And to pay if, us money and to make everybody equal and to make sure that no threats of any kind ever seep into society. Right. So Ezra Taft Benson would say, <laughs> and many of the greats would say, that the proper role of government is pr- to protect natural rights of mankind. That's the only role. That's the only role. That's, that's the whole point. And so government... Our problem that we face right now in this in this era is that government has gone so far beyond their appropriate role that rolling it back is unfathomable. There's there's you cannot. There are too many people that work for the government. There are too you have you all have family and friends that would lose their jobs. The federal government's the largest employer in the United States, and it's not even close. The economy would collapse. We would we would devolve into chaos. Would it though? Yes, we would. Because because the oligarchy has consciously and intelligently manipulated the minds of the masses to the point where they are not capable of providing I, new guards for their future security. That's they're not willing to go go ahead and make the effort and allow people and uh, if if people were to repent on mass to change their minds, if people were to understand, we could do it. But because we don't understand, that's what's going to cause the chaos. Because our minds are completely co-opted as a society. I mean, the listeners of the Mind Virus podcast show here are probably not the people I'm talking about. But just, we, we started off talking a little bit about the victimization mentality, right? The, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put immunocompromised on my resume. I mean, is that person capable of supporting your natural rights do they are they going to be willing to allow people in society to do things that they you know that don't hurt them but but that they find to be objectionable like drive an suv or walk around unvaccinated i mean right no that's that's the problem is we're 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 at the confluence of two rivers we're at the nexus point between two different ideals we're right now We've crossed over a long golden age in America where, where we w- were able to live high upon the spoils of pr- prior generations. And now the, the result of the destruction of the public mind will create its own chaos, right? The, the fact that, because uh, y- you have the, the chaos on both extremes, right? You, you see what I'm talking about here? We, we can have a tyranny on, on one side where... Um, people who are ungoverned because the government doesn't enforce any rules and allows people to exploit their natural rights to the extreme, right? And encroach on other people and and encroach on their property. And the government doesn't intervene. You have that anarchy. But now we have on this other side, we have a chaos that's created by the, the 
maximum level of control that is beginning to be exerted where the people are completely destroyed in their minds and therefore they expect the government to and other people to do things for them that they should do for themselves, which creates its own form of chaos. So that's, that's where we are. We're right, in the, we're right there shifting into, into that form of chaos. And, and the, even though we've had a government that has not respected the natural rights of mankind in at least Americans en masse since the war between the states, even though we've had that for the last 150 years, it still provided a fairly level playing field by which many people could prosper. And, and, and a lot of that has to do with America having gone through a, an imperialistic post-war, post-war between the states, post-Civil War, okay, hate to use that term, but uh, an imperialistic period culminating with the end of World War II, okay? Don't, don't kid yourself and think that imp- American imperialism ended any time prior to the end of World War II. In fact, arguably, it, ha- it never ended. I mean, we are the country that has its bases well, all over the world. Post-World War II, it's been more clandestine, clandestine, clandestine. I don't even Undercover. know if it's. I don't even know if it's clandestine. I think clandestine. It's, uh, that's the right way to say I, it. I I don't even know if it's it's that secretive or 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 that. Well, a lot of it, under, like what I mean, is things like. Um, it's just not talked about in American media. Things like Guatemala in was that the fifties when we helped overthrow the Guatemalan government, or even the Iranian government in the seventies. Yeah, those were more clandestine. Operations that weren't behind. They, they, the, well, they why weren't, don't we call them behind the scenes? They weren't the flag waving op- op- operations like we had with Desert Storm or more recently Afghanistan and Iraq. Again, see that's what makes the modern era, our era, the the world we live in right now, so difficult. Is that it's not black and white. You have uh, a, a an oligarchy that has had control of the United States, arguably since the enactment of the Federal Reserve Act, okay, or shortly thereafter, we, we have a, an oligarchy that has been using the resources of perhaps the greatest nation to exist in the, in the history of the world, at least that we know of, to exert influence behind the scenes to manipulate politically, economically, militarily, the entire globe. Yeah, including us at home, including us. And including the Russians, okay, including Hitler. Sure. If you're not aware, the Ford Motor Company engines powered most of Hitler's war machine. Yeah, uh, Especially up until the end of the, the war. IBM was or, involved. Or Sorry, the end of the 30s. Yeah, IBM was involved. Uh, the, the Russian military was propped up by the robber baron wealth. Well... After, Even after the war, who who armed the Afghanistan Afghan soldiers in the eighties when the USSR was at war in Afghanistan? Right, that was Western powers. Right, who rebuilt the Soviet Union or who be, who rebuilt the Russian military and economy after the Berlin Wall fell into the enemy that they so love to hate in the well, media who today? Them, who helped build them in the first place back when it was 
Stalin. Even pre-Stalin. The Bolsheviks, yeah. Right. Those were the robber barons. So the, the point is that we have, as a guy named Stan Monteith, who was a great conspiracy researcher, a great he had a ministry going for truth. Uh, he would teach about the, all this historical stuff. He was a doctor. He would say, we have the best enemies money can buy. That's absolutely true. I'll, I'll put a link to Stan Monteith on the, on the page for this show. He was a good guy. I really thought he, he did good work. So I guess it comes back down to what are good, patriotic, liberty-loving, free-minded people supposed to do nowadays? Well, we got it. Okay, so the, the, one of the questions was, when is violence appropriate, right? And I, I would argue that right now it's not appropriate because the machine is so is so uh, intertwined with the, the minds of your fellow men that you will get turned in. Well, it's like Biden said, you know, we, we kind of joked about it, but he's talking about the Second Amendment. He's like, man, you want to beat the U.S. government, you're going to need nukes and F-15s, man. And you're just mm-hmm. like, well, he's got a point. <laughs> well, yeah, but you see, you can't organize against the U.S. government. Right. That, the U.S. government, the, the oligarchy will have to fall, but we, we can prepare for that. But uh, we need to fight the mind war right now, and that is to bring people back to good principles like that, that laws so, basically should be based upon. Where can that happen? Because it used to be that you could fight that mind war in churches and in small groups, you know, uh, book clubs and uh well that's you know liberty clubs since, what stuff we've seen like that since january 6th is wholesale censorship that's that's why this podcast is important that's Even why in, you talking to your neighbors is important because right now the set, the mass censorship is on i mean do you want to go we talked about this last week do not go quietly into the night the, right. the, you've got to you got to make your voice heard because if you don't make your voice heard pretty soon th- then it will be it will be um Snuffed out. Unthinkable to speak out. It will be un- impossible well, to speak out. It's already like that for a lot of people, and I think a lot of people feel like that. They don't want to put. They don't want to put stuff on Facebook with their name attached. I mean, well, f- for heaven's sakes, stop using Facebook. Start right. talking to people. I think get people off the social face to face and with your friends and family is is a lot more effective way to do this. And you know. You got to uh, learn. You got to learn the truth too. I mean, like I, I, I'll recommend again uh, Richard Mayberry in his books. He says that the principles upon which our society should be based are to do all that you agree to do. But then what? And, encro- and do not encroach on other persons or their property. But then what? Right? So let's say that. Let's say that. There's enough people in a given state. We can use our own state here in Utah. Let's say that enough people wake up and they realize, you know, our governor is pretty weak and pretty stupid and he's not protecting our rights. So they vote in another guy. Well, no, you stop. You stop. Stop getting tested for coronavirus. First of all, sure. Stop it. Okay. Stop getting vaccinated. To, don't stop talking to federal agents when they come to your door or whatever. But it, those it, things aren't going to enact change. It's not going to protect your rights anymore. You can stop getting tested. And, but w- w- how, do you, how do we enact actual real change? How do we re-protect our rights? How do we reclaim our inna- inalienable innate rights? 
Because right now, to even talk about that is bordering on what the yeah, federal called, governments call are calling as extremism, homegrown domestic terrorism, to quote the Declaration of Independence. So, so I guess I'm wondering, what, what are practical things people can do to actually re-protect themselves? I think, I think electing good, honest, liberty-loving people to legislatures is important. But then those people have to then turn around and act courageously once they're in office. And we can't have any more, you know, Utah, maybe other places like this, Utah loves their closed doors legislative sessions where we, the people who sent these people to, into those meetings, don't get to know what's happening. Well, the first thing they do to your legislators when they bring them into uh, a new Congress is they train them. Right on what they're supposed to think, think and do and say, and how they're supposed to act. I mean, they, there's a lot of money against those people, no, even knowing that they can do things that are, are for liberty. Right? They, they, they basically created these training programs to weed out any Ron Pauls or Rand Pauls. Right. Well, that and are wrong think. Yeah. Thought crimes. They got to get rid of the yeah. thought crimes. It, even if you elect people to your local city councils, they're the administrators, the bureaucracies that exist surrounding these these governmental organizations all have supporting organizations funded by foundation money. We're talking about like oligarchy, ro mm -hmm. uh, robber baron money to try and train them into doing certain things. You go to a city council meeting these days and you're going to have an attorney sitting off to the side that you're paying for that's making sure your city council doesn't do anything to help you. Right. That, that, that they have to follow all the legalistic things that keep them free from liability and uh, keep them using all the money, the tax money, instead of giving it back, you know, the, the, the mechanisms are created to where we really have uh, pretty much a Soviet in America, a right. Soviet meaning an unelected bureaucracy that controls everything. So how do we get rid of it? That's the problem. Can you get rid of it? Can you start by getting rid of it at the city level? Our city is fairly small, even though we're you know, surrounded by this sprawl of you could if suburbia. you had if you if you voted in four people because you need you got five people on the council. If you voted in four, so that you could lose one guy every once in a while, and three people would always just say, "Screw you to the you know f you to the whole." <laughs> but how does he do it? How do they do it? Do they just they tell the to, attorney to leave? No, they just say, "Okay, whatever, never mind. We're still going to vote this way. You know, right. We're going to still do this." That because that's the way it works. I mean, the idea, the similar idea, applies in the legal system. If you if you end up going to court, uh, that you need a jury. The judge will sit there and tell the jury what to do. The judge will tell the jury what the law is. Right. But at the end of the day, the jury still has to say, "Oh, this guy's guilty or he's not guilty." This is how some of these tax protesters have gotten off. Um, and I linked to it a couple of podcasts ago, Aaron Russo's Freedom to Fascism. He, he specifically discusses some of these IRS agents that uh, had a change of heart and then became tax protesters and how they went to court, meaning they were taken to court by the IRS mm -hmm. and they beat the IRS because they were able to convince a jury that the jury should nullify everything that the judge is saying. That's the whole point of the American justice system is that you or, or English common law system is that you have to have the jury make the final word. But if the jury has believed everything the judge says and is unwilling to be independent, 
then it's then it's no longer you know a possible for a person to get justice so i think maybe a big first step is publicizing just how entangled our governments are and and even you know our local governments because i think a lot of people just think oh we voted these people into city council and they go and they council and they do things there and it's all fine and we trust them and we don't need to pay any attention a kind of an eye opener for me a few years ago was when our city had a law that uh, prohibited businesses from being open on Sundays. You remember that? Yeah, I was on a panel uh, debating that, and I was accused of using the logical fallacy of using logical fallacies, or of pointing out. I, I, I was pointing out some logical fallacies in their thought process, and, and one of the opponents, who's an attorney, said, you're just using the logical fallacy of pointing out logical fallacies. <laughs> Spoken like a true attorney. And then everybody in the room clapped. I don't know what happened. We still can't open on Sunday. Well, that that measure was on the ballot and got absolutely crushed. Right, because and we're what, righteous. What, we're, our what, city is righteous. What people don't understand is that if you have the power to prohibit someone from opening on Sundays, then you also have the power to force them to open on Sundays. And that was, be, you know, it was a few years ago. Now we know that we can force people to close because there's a virus. We can force people to stay open because there's a virus. Those essential businesses had to keep, you know, they had to stay open. And of course they wanted to because they made a lot of money. But the whole, this, it's this whole idea that, that it is so foreign. The, the, what true liberty means is so foreign to even people who profess to be liberty loving and liberty understanding people that I don't think that I don't think it even occurs to us that there's a problem let alone that we need to actually well, the, make that, some serious the, changes there's a there's an undercurrent of people who recognize there's a problem and they get sure. into these constitutional studies and then they get all rah rah about and then some occasionally uh, someone uh, like uh will someone will run for governor and as a liberty-minded person, and what happens? They get laughed at. They get mm -hmm. called a kook, a, a crazy person. Right. I mean, it happened to Ron Paul running for president. Yeah. Oh man, this guy's great. But I'm just everything saying, he says, the... I agree with. But man, he sure is nuts. That's what I had people say to me about Ron Paul. Well, yeah, and there's a lot of people that get all excited, like the Tea Party movement when Barack Obama was elected. The Tea Party movement was easily co-opted because there were a lot of people who just wanted to roll the clock back to the Reagan years. Right. That wasn't going to do us any good. The Reagan years were rife with federal overreach and spending and and you we, know that's that's the problem. That is the problem. Is the problem is that all your money, money is being sucked out of your pockets, out of everybody's lives. Your life force is being sucked away from you like the machine in The Princess Bride. I just sucked one year of your life away. No, they're, they're literally sucking your life force away. And it's not just via taxation. I mean, okay, even if you don't pay very much in taxes, if you have a big family and you, know, you, don't, you don't get a big tax bill or you get a refund or whatever because you get the child tax credit, you've got all those taxes we've discussed before, the gas taxes, the, uh, the value-added taxes. We, we don't really have a value-add tax but in, in America, but there's a lot of places sales where, where sales taxes get added in. Uh, commodities are taxed. But think about inflation. Think about when they print the money, the way that they control the money, they are taxing you and your 
savings, your life force, anything right. that you can amass. Your future via, earnings. Your future earnings via inflation. There was the, the debt that the they Was- saddle us with. I think the Washington Post had a headline recently that said, the silver lining of inflation is higher wages. <laughs> so you can work more. Keep it's working. Like, we're going to give you more money, but it's worth less. Right. It was incredible. Yeah, so there's such a lack there's a of huge just ba- basic lack of critical thinking there. Well, it's propaganda. Sure. It's just propaganda. Sure. And there's people are going to read that and go, "That's true. Last year I made $44,000. This year I'm going to make $47,000. I'm getting paid more. Thank you, Biden." Sorry, I don't know what that voice is, but <laughs> but here's the thing. Yeah, you might have made 3,000 more dollars. But that forty-seven thousand is only going to go as far as what thirty-eight did when the, before you made forty. You know when you're making forty-four. No, it's it's a no or whatever. Situation. Don't don't do the math on it's those numbers. No, yeah, don't get depressed here. I mean, I made those numbers up, but <laughs> it, it's it's a depressing situation. But the problem is the the real problem is people don't understand how bad it really is, and they'll say, "Oh, it's not that bad," or "I have a job and I I can't do much about it." You're right. You can't do much about it because your neighbors can't do much about it. And you won't, we, we will not, as a society, make the changes necessary to, to throw off this tyranny. Now, I think there's certain things that you can do in your own lives. We've talked about those a lot in the course of this podcast. But the first thing you've got to do is break out of the mind prison and understand that everything that comes from the corporate oligarchy is all or in part manufactured it's fake or it's or they're taking real events or real things and manipulating them into their favor so how do you protect yourself against that well recognize the propaganda i made another joke the other day that i'm i'm vaccinated against bullcrap you know because the the utah corona people are pushing it so hard pushing this vaccine like incredibly hard remember it's an experimental vaccine Right. And remember and it, that there are really no incidences of COVID anymore. Well, it's the, the, so the, we have the approval for the vaccine was emergency use authorization. What is the emergency? Yeah, what where's is the, the where's the emergency now? And when does the emergency end? What are the standards for the emergency ending? We've never really been told that. How, where does this all go away? It's not zero COVID because that's impossible. COVID is there. It's endemic. It's part of our lives. It has been for hundreds of years. Right. Different coronaviruses. So where, where does this all end? It has to end with you. When you stop in, you know, as an individual, it, has, it, it can end right now. I remember last year, people are saying things like, oh, man, it sure be nice to take this mask off. Well, then take it off. It would sure be nice to go see my grandma. Well, go see her. It sure would be nice to, you know, not have to get permission to go out to dinner. Then don't ask. Like, it stops with you guys. It stops with the individual. When you stop letting yourself be manipulated by the propagandists, it's like a veil lifts from your eyes and your ears, and you start to see and hear what's right in front of your face. So it starts with individuals. And that it's like the, one of the very first things we talked about in our very first episode, men, it is said, go mad in herds and come to their senses one at a time. Well, the more people come to their senses, 
one at a time, eventually the herd comes to their senses. And that's the worst thing that can happen to the powers that be is a population full of people who have eyes to see and ears to hear. Well, we really are at a point where Isaiah's prophecy is, has been fulfilled. He says, I'll give them children to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them, and the people shall be oppressed, every one by another, and every one by his neighbor. It's Isaiah chapter 3. We, we are oppressing each other in a way. This, this whole thing, only th- this whole propaganda-supported tyranny only exists because we allow it to exist right now. We have not yet devolved to the state of 1984 where they, they'll come and get you out of your bed at night, every, every single person. You know, if, if, right. if, the, the control is not yet that thick. I think they'd like it to be that bad, but, but in the end, with a population as large as our population is, I don't think they can make it that. But they have other means that Orwell never really maybe imagined of, manipulating and controlling us and and the need to come and haul people off to camps is not as urgent because now we can just shut people up we can shame them we can ruin their careers we can dig up or create some tweet that they posted when they were 13 years old where they used a word that back then might have been fine but now is not acceptable and then we can ruin that person because when they were a teenager they said words that teenagers say or you can just find somebody that worked with somebody 14 years ago who claims that there was something inappropriate. I mean, it's easier now. You can just ruin people. You can vaporize them without actually vaporizing them. Yeah, well, right now they're, they're picking off the thought leaders. And what, what needs to happen is a whole new wave of thought leaders needs to rise up to destroy these uh, social justice warriors and their silly non-logic right and that that's what that's what has to happen is enough people say no you know what a man who competes in women's sports whether he says he's a woman or not that's still a man and he shouldn't be able to do that that we're not we're not going to roll over on that one oh yeah and yeah coronavirus vaccines well it appears there's really no emergency just knock it off let's be let's be done with this yeah, we recognize there's a lot of perverse incentives and everything. Just wrap it up and be done. When, when the when the grownups in the room start to tar, start to stand up and say, "Okay, yeah, record heat wave, whatever," we're still not going to give Al Gore a carbon tax, right? Come on, let's well, be real adults here. I I think I think stop starting uh, fires in California. I think a whole new avenue was opened up last year with with the lockdowns, and I I've said it before. I still think climate lockdowns are coming. I think misinformation lockdowns are coming where we may not have access to the internet for a period of time while they while they clean up the misinformation. Right, did we have any if anything happen from event uh or from Cyber Polygon? Not did you I, see anything? Not that I know of. You know, they they had that conference on what was it Friday and Saturday or something. Yeah, there was there was an article by Brandon Smith of Alt Market. I think he was he was kind of postulating on this that he didn't think they'd be able to do a get anything get any traction with a with a supply chain attack that they'd actually have to shut the internet down well i think we've talked about that i think that's what they're going for and i don't think they'll shut the whole internet down one thing that kind of i don't think people think about much is when the economy we call the economy shut down last year for coronavirus the 
television sort of shut down in that a lot of you know live sports were were canceled and that was in march and we were going into a time where you're going to have march madness the basketball yeah, we tournament lo- we lost the tournament the nba was kind of heating up getting ready to get, to finish up their season and get into playoffs you would have baseball starting in april all of that was taken away and production of new television shows was shut down, so you only had reruns. The only live TV, the only fresh TV you had was the news. And in a way, you had sort of a soft shutdown of communications where all we had were state-approved news broadcasts. They could do that with the internet, where YouTube might be not completely shut down, but only the approved channels stay up, which would of course be NBC, ABC, etc. Maybe some, you know, YouTube, I spent a lot of time on YouTube and YouTube pushes this propaganda. They just jam it right in front of your throats. And one of the ones I've seen lately is, you know, uh, black thought leaders talk about the safety of the vaccine because apparently there's a lot of vaccine hesitancy. That's their term within the black community right, because they were, or even the, the, the Latin government community. was giving them syphilis in the, <laughs> right. In and the, it, what was it? The forties so or fifties? I can't remember. And so you have these, these the government would never do that to propaganda black being pushed. You have before he was persona non grata, and I'm not even sure he's completely persona non grata. <clears throat> you'd have these videos of, uh, influential YouTubers interviewing Fauci. You know, talking about how safe everything is and how Do people still uh, is he still making the rounds? I mean, are they still? Uh, I don't pu- pushing him up. I there think a little a, bit, yeah. I think a little bit. Um, but so YouTube could be easily manipulated to where the only access you have is approved access, and the rest of the internet that could happen. You could do a Google search for um, you know, some term, and every you know, you could you, let's say you search for vaccine safety on Google. It's probably already like this. Well, in the first 800,000 results would be official approved results. You wouldn't have any of the so-called conspiracy theories or even the adverse effects. It's kind of moving that All of that would be scrubbed. And this is a way they could, you know, in a way, shut down the Internet. The Internet's value is not that you can go and read the Washington Post in your com- on your computer or your device. Right. The value of the internet is that everybody in the world has a voice and has a way to communicate that voice. Anybody in the world, you know, could can access our website, mindvirus.show. Now, almost almost, everybody in the world, almost everybody in the world is, but not quite everybody. Right. But the point is that those gates we've talked about, you know, gatekeepers, those gates have been thrown open in fact they've been trampled there's no gatekeeper to starting a website you could do it for free and that's a big problem for power hungry control freaks like the oligarchy it's a big problem for people that think they're part of the oligarchy or part of the elite like spencer cox dimwit governors (laughs) you said you said the name i was just gonna generalize but or even you know nowadays that you have people like these virologists and epidemiologists who just can't let this moment go. There's some no-name Cache Valley epidemiologist who thinks we're all going to need, everyone needs to still wear masks in the school year. You know, he just can't let it go that he his 15 minutes of fame are done. They're, they're long overdue. And so he has to, and the only way they can think of 
holding on to it is to be authoritarian because that's the nature of, sadly, almost all men. <laughs> when they get a little power and authority, as they suppose, to exercise unrighteous dominion. Well, I don't. It, it seems it, it seems kind of bleak. I, how are we going to communicate? How? What, what are you, I don't think that. I don't think that there's a time here for you know taking up arms against the government. That's just foolhardy. That's no, foolish. it's a bad idea. You're just going to get SWAT teamed before you even start. What what or, needs or, to, or massacred in the streets? And it's actually, I don't think it's even. It's yeah. You'll just get rolled. You'll just get rolled over. You're not going to accomplish anything doing that. The most powerful thing you can do right now is free your mind. And I know that's a cliche saying, right? It used to be a saying of the left. What's in it? Um, <laughs> Free I, your mind and the rest will follow. I don't know. Isn't that song lyrics? Free your mind <laughs> and the rest will follow. Okay. <laughs> who's that? We'll, go, we'll go link to that. I don't know. I don't remember who's saying that. It's like, it, was, um, it was like a hip hop, I think. Okay. But, but that's, the most, that's the most powerful thing we can do is not to allow, is to free ourselves from the manipulation and the propaganda and to be free thinkers, critical thinkers, and to see what, we, what is right in front of our eyes. And I think there's a lot of people who have some sort of disconnect between what they see with their eyes and what their brains tell them. They see everybody masked up and something in them says, this is not right, but their brain says, but the expert said it's right, so therefore it's right. Let that find that little inner voice that's whispering to you saying, this isn't right. And as soon as you, I think you break through that veil, that barrier, that, that little voice that says, but the experts, but the experts, mm -hmm. you're going to see the world a lot differently. There's a movie called, um, they live with the guy has some magic sunglasses Yep. and he can put on the sunglasses and he sees the real message behind all the advertisements and things. It's pretty he sees it's the depravity, funny. the decrepit, right. death behind everything. Yeah. All right. We could, we could and link he sees to which it. people are dead and which people are alive. Right. I haven't seen that, but I, I've seen bits and pieces of yeah. it. And, and it's, I'm it's, not sure if watching the whole thing matters or if just that right. whole, it's just that one thing. It's is just all the whole is. idea <laughs> that with different eyes you can see. And I, I don't claim to see everything clearly. I, I'm, I'm susceptible to the, to the machine just like everybody else. But, no, just knowing that there's a machine, knowing that people, conspiring men, are trying to manipulate us. You know, Boris Johnson, the disheveled prime minister of, of the UK Great or Britain. Great Britain, recently said that they're changing up the ways that they're manipulating human behavior. Oh, well, thanks for, thanks thanks for, putting, for letting us know. Out. Yeah, I think it's, it's time to make sure that you don't, lose any opportunities to let your voice be heard. I know that you've got to do this with discretion, but you got to make the point that it's absurd when it, when you have the chance. And I, I don't know if that means doing it at church or doing it at a family party or whatever, but I mean, we're really, we're, 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 we're on the brink of la la land here right. with, with some right. of this stuff. I think you will find, and probably many of you have that, the, the more people understand and see that something's amiss, right. but everybody sort of kind of feels it out. Follow the spirit, f figure out when the appropriate times are to speak up, but, but speak up, make, make sure that you don't let the falsehood stand and steamroll us. 
Right. You know, we it might be it might be that it's a lost cause, but at least we can go down fighting for what's right, fighting for what is true and what is good and what makes humanity and life a joy to live because men are that they might have joy. Men are not that they might be manipulated and controlled and conformed to evil status, conspiring evil people. No, men are that they might have joy. Well, that was really well said. You know, on that note, I'm out. I, th- I, I, I can't follow that up. That Men are that they might have joy, not that they might be controlled by evil <laughs> statists and, and be sucked into the mind prison. That's absolutely 100% true. Well, we're gonna, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. We hope everybody's having a great summer. We hope you had a great holiday uh, celebrating our revolution and rebellion. Make sure people know that it's reprehensible to turn in your family and friends Don't for do thought that. crimes. For thought crimes. If you're honestly worried about the behavior of a friend or relative in regards to like domestic violence and terrorism, Talk to them. You can talk to them. You know, talk there, to their there's par- a, there's talk a, to your brothers, your sisters, your family. A, talk a, about it. There's a lot of stupid propaganda billboards up and down I-15, but there's one that I actually like, and I don't know who funds it. But it says, how do you know if your neighbor's doing okay? And the next line just says, ask them. <laughs> I like that one. Go talk to your neighbors. It, it, that flies in the face of the messaging we're getting from the government, right? It's to avoid our neighbors and to, to stay home and save lives. You know, KSL ran a story unironically about this this woman here in Utah somewhere that wasn't able to get some treatment that she needed and her life, her quality of life has deteriorated a lot and they blamed the pandemic. And it's like, no, 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 no. You can't blame the pandemic. You have to blame the messaging of stay home, save lives. She was scared to go to the doctor and doctors were unwilling to treat her because stay home, save lives. Yeah, don't talk, stay talk home. to each other. You want to save lives? Go talk to your friends. Be and real family. people. Be real people. Put your arm around people. Yeah. Shake their hands. Good advice. Good and, advice. All right, everybody. We appreciate you, and we will talk to you again in a week. You can find us at mindvirus.show. Leave comments. Sign up for the newsletter, which we've yet to send. I don't think we've sent one yet. We're right? trying to reach a critical point, a, a, ma- a critical number of people where would make sense to send it. I don't think our email service provider allows us to send a, an email to only three people. So we need, we need three more people. We get six people signed up. We can, <laughs> they'll let us send one out. We haven't sent one out, but, uh, we would love to have that list grow just so we could send out links and maybe notifications. We'll keep it low key. Uh, maybe some, maybe, uh, Jordan, one of hey, Jordan's famous essays. The point is that so far we haven't abused the list one bit right well no i i should probably tell you i didn't i sold it to google oh you sold it Uh uh-huh i got six dollars i'm on that list i got six dollars and 15 cents for it no wonder i'm getting all these spam phone calls (laughs) no but uh, we 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 promise not to (laughs) abuse that list hey Hey, everybody. everybody yeah thanks again and we will talk to you soon signing off